1: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: What is going on everybody and welcome back to the Thursday edition of the NHL Strategy Show. I'm your host Josh Harrison. So my internet will probably drop off at some point and I'll reconnect and be fine. But for now, here I am. Joining me as always, Sun Cliffy. How are you doing on this Thursday?
0: Uh
3: doing all uh, not too bad. I think I'm doing a, a little bit better than Pittsburgh Penguin fans are doing right now. Uh, that was a pretty bad trade on their part last night. Um, yeah, it's just one of those, uh, you know, we talked about it yesterday. It's just one of those weeks in the NHL where there is a ton going on, players moving all over the place. Like you mentioned, just before we came on the air, Jonathan Quick was traded for the second time this week. Uh, he's on his way to Las Vegas. Um, thankfully they're not on the slate tonight, so we don't have to worry about that. But, uh, yeah, that's just kind of the nature of this week. There's going to be players going all over the place, you know, lots of spots opening up. I'm sure like, I haven't heard of one third of the Chicago Blackhawks roster. Um, you know, they're <laughs> just trading everybody. Uh, it's just kind of the way it is, but, uh, it, it, also signals kind of like the real crunch time in the NHL. Like there's a quarter of the season left, less, a lot less for some teams, um, playoff races are starting to get very tight. It's it's that fun time in the NHL where you're getting away from that All Star Game time where you know you're 50 games in. Some teams are starting to quit. You know Boston's like 20 points ahead of everybody else. Um, we're starting to get into that crunch time, which is one of my favorite times of the year. And uh, just in sports in general, right? We got March Madness this month. We got baseball coming back. Uh, we got NBA gearing up for their own playoffs. It's just a really good time to be a sports fan.
2: Yeah. Uh, it is a fun time to be a sports fan. On the other end, it is a little bit tough these next few days for DFS purposes. People moving, teams, players not in the player pool, players getting scratched. It's been a bit NBA-ish, we could say, the past few days. But um, we've navigated it pretty well. I don't think there's been a late scratch. There's just been a couple players who haven't been in the pool. We'll knock some and hope that remains the case. We hold ten gamer. Uh, Here tonight, I see I'm a little bit frozen. Am I going to come back? Here I am. I'm good. Before we get into this slate, um, remember, we have a brand new Odd Shopper show debuting. It's called The Odd Shop. It's every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. If you like betting, Loffy, Ben, Greg, Eric, Atan, that's former Iowa State University caddy. Eric Lindquist uh, and all the regular guys as they break down the night's best bets using premium odd shopper tools and data that's exclusively on the odd shopper channel. So make sure to check that out. Uh, A10 and Laffy. There it is. I, I couldn't, my brain literally just shut off. I know how to pronounce his name. I knew who was on the show and then I wanted to say Laffy, but it's not like Jake Harry. It's Jake Hari. You know what I mean? Me and, me and names. We have issues, but let's get into this slate. We got a big 10 gamer. Got some big old totals here. We have three. Yeah, we have three home totals at four right now. Uh, Let's try to navigate through it. And let's start with the Buffalo Sabres and Boston Bruins, shall we? The Buffalo Sabres with a 2.6 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a four total. Eric Comrie is probable. Jeremy Woman, Swayman, is confirmed. Um, Bruins made a trade today. They traded for Tyler Bertuzzi. I mean, if he plays tonight, he'll accrue points since the Red Wings are on this slate. I don't. I doubt he'll get to Boston in time, but that's something to monitor. David Pasternak also signed a monster extension today. Um, they put Hall... And someone else on the IR, oh, Nick Felino. So I'm not really sure what the bottom six is going to look like tonight. The top six is remaining the same. This is a good matchup for the top six here. I think, like, the Marchand-Bergeron-Dabrowski line perfectly fine here, not getting any ownership. Pasternak's getting the most ownership here. It's because his price has come down. He's like at 9,600 at times. 8,800 here tonight. This is a very good matchup, very good power play matchup. The Posterknock line is going to avoid that Tage Thompson line. I kind of prefer the Posterknock line, but I understand if you want to go to Boston one, just because the ownership's better, they're fully correlated. On the Buffalo side, I just even with Swayman in that, I, I just don't think there's going to be much for me in one to three. Maybe in MME, but I, I doubt it as well.
3: Yeah, we're going to have to watch – Bertuzzi for sure to see um, if he can make it on time. But obviously him not being in the player pool and Detroit not being on the slate means he won't count points. It's just a matter of whether he takes Pavel Zaka's spot. Oh, that's right. He's Sorry. on the slate. Yeah. yeah, that's right. There's the very next game. So it's just yeah. a matter of where he slots in, whether he takes Pavel Zaka's spot. Because t- Taylor Hall getting injured and – that, spot, you know, that third line left wing spot opening up seems like that's just tailor-made for Bertuzzi to slide in right on that third line with Charlie Coyle, right? Um, That was something I was writing about the trade for season-long fantasy hockey this morning, and it was something that seemed pretty obvious, is that Tyler Bertuzzi's going from the top line, top power play in Detroit to... It's got to be the third line in Boston and the second power play unit. So he's not really going to be a factor in DFS, I don't think, one way or another, unless he's on the Krejci-Pasternak line. So I wouldn't worry about Bertuzzi too much. Uh, I have no interest in Buffalo here. Uh, Jeremy Swayman and net always changes things for me because he's clearly having a much worse season than uh, Linus Hallmark. Um, Hallmark's at the point where he's like basically saving Boston nearly like a goal every game and a half or like even a little bit better. Like he's having a pretty unreal year. Swayman's nowhere close. Um, But it's still just a brutal matchup. Like I was looking at Boston's numbers. Like DeBrusque hasn't hasn't returned. It hasn't been that long since he came back from that leg injury. But they're at 2.0 expected goals against since DeBrusque came back, that top line is, and 1.1 actual goals against. Like that's the matchup Tage Thompson's getting. So out on Thompson – Cousins and Middlestat are actually generating quite a bit of offense, which is something that surprised me because Casey Middlestad is not really a good offensive player. Um, but they're at three and a half expected goals for per 60 minutes of five on five, you know, that Boston second lines have really not been that great defensively 2.8 expected goals against in the month of February. I think they can be had, but you know, th- cousins is still fairly expensive so even if you do cousins like a cousins middle stat you probably need at least two goals from them and that feels like a lot against boston but if anything it would be cousins middle stat that i would go to because they're getting ice time cousins (coughs) power play unit because of the injuries even your (coughs) apparently so don't mind them uh on the boston side like either the top two lines are perfectly fine i think a power play stack certainly makes a lot of sense here given how much Buffalo struggles on the penalty kill and has basically all season long and the Boston power play has been a lot better with Jake DeBrus there than without him like they're up near 14 goals per 60 minutes of five on five like that's like Dallas Stars back in November type efficiency so you know I, I think if anything on Boston I would go to the top line DeBrus, Bergeron, Marchand I know people are worried about ice time but if at like at the end of the game, if uh, Brad and Marchand or Patrice Bergeron finished with like 15 or 16 minutes of ice time, it's because either Boston or Buffalo won by like four goals. Like that's that's what happens. They don't play in blowouts, but they'll play in close games. So it is Boston one. You know, if you want to pick off one of Marchand and Jake to put in Pasternak, I think that's fine. But I think focusing on the power play guys uh, is is my target here, and not so much on the value.
2: Yep. I agree there. Before we move on, we have two super chats. We have a $99.99 super chat for rerun for president. Thank you very much. Says rerun here, guys. (coughs) Excuse me. Thank you, Josh and Cliff. I'm going to start calling you Cliff now. Sent you guys a message on Twitter earlier today. You guys played a big role in me cashing. Let's keep it rolling. Always a great job by you guys. Very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Congratulations to you. You're the one who's clicking in the players. We don't make anyone else's lineups besides ourselves. We both had a very similar lineup last night. Coincidentally, we didn't really talk about who we're playing, but ended up on the wrong devil's line together. So uh, you, got you did better than we did, and uh, congratulations to you.
3: Yeah, uh, big congrats. That's a real nice hit by you um thank you very much for the super chat it's very generous we're just you know any bit of help that we can provide we're happy to and uh like josh said you're the one still clicking the players and so a uh, real nice night by you hopefully a couple more like that uh over the balance of the season and thanks again for that super chat and
2: then we have a 4.99 super chat from wolf girl just because someone wins something tonight thank you for the hard work boys um, I'm using every single connect I have in Hollywood, which is none, but we're going to try to get you an ESPN 30 for 30 docu series on Wolf Girl. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for that.
3: Yeah. Thank, thank you very much for the $5 super chat. I mean, it, you know, uh, it's our job to work hard and, and provide the information and, and show off the tools that uh, can help people win, but, uh, we get paid to do that, but it's still nice to hear that. Um, it's always nice to hear that when people appreciate, you know, some things that you do and. Uh, we appreciate you in the discord as well because uh <laughs> there are cer- there are certain gems that we can't repeat uh, live on, on YouTube
2: I would say but I'll keep it
3: in. <laughs> yeah that that, uh, that made us crack up but thanks a lot for that super chat and uh let's let's go win some money tonight
2: yeah let's move on to the next one here we have the Seattle Kraken with a 3.1 total heading into Detroit the Red Wings have a 2.9 total. Phil Grubauer probable, Billy Husso confirmed with Bertuzzi being traded. The top line for the wings is now Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Dominique Kubalik. If you've ever watched this show, Cliffy talks about how much Lucas Raymond really just drags that line down. So like I don't have too much interest in that line despite it. Being, you know, Seattle with terrible goaltending. And then the second line of Fabry, Perron, and Cop maybe would interest me a little bit, but they're coming in over-owned, and Andrew Cop has had an awful season. Maybe you play Perron, Fabry just for the, the power play there, but like five on five, I can't imagine they're going to be very good. And then on the flip side, like Seattle, they, they just aren't generating anything. If you want to do anything, it would probably be Tolvenin. But, like, 4,300, their power plays are awful. So, like, I I just don't have much interest in this game.
3: Yeah. um, Lucas Raymond, not a really big fan of him. Uh, I mean, we talk about it a lot. I don't think I do a good enough job explaining it. So, I'm going to bring up something. This isn't through Stochastic. This is a guy's Patreon that I subscribe to, and he keeps – he hand tracks hundreds and hundreds of NHL games every year. He keeps tracks of dozens of different stats. I'll bring up uh, Lucas Raymond so far this year shots per 60, nearly a full standard deviation below average, you know, scoring chances below average scoring chance assist below average, um, you know, controlled zone, zone entry percentage below average, below average everywhere in all the important areas to create offense. That's why he's dragging down Dylan Larkin. It's one, it's like that, it's the office space meme. What would you say that you do here? <laughs> it, like all he does is shoot and he doesn't even shoot that much. He's just a good shooter. Like it's kind of like Patrick If Patrick Laine was taking 1.7 shots per game day, night in and night out, right? That's the problem with the top line is Raymond's just a black hole. He, he just parks somewhere basically and waits for Dylan Larkin or Kubelik or Bertuzzi used to be or Perron or someone to pass him the puck so he can shoot. That type of player is not useful in the top line of the NHL, of a team that's hoping to get to the playoffs, even though it seems like they pulled the plug. So it it bears out when not just looking at the data that I showed, but in the numbers of the line itself. Kubalik and Raymond and uh, Dylan Larkin are up to 75 minutes together this year at five on five. 2.5 expected goals for per 60 minutes at five on five, which is right around league average, if not slightly below 1.7 actual goals as they're having a tough time finishing. Those are just really bad offensive numbers. And then if you look at the line um, without Lucas Raymond, you know, the expected goals for go up by a quarter goal, the actual goals more than double. (laughs) I, I don't know what Detroit sees that, that everybody else that what Detroit doesn't see that everybody else does, but
2: He's young, that's probably it.
3: it. Well, great. You're gonna have to pay him a lot more as a UF as an RFA than you probably should. Congrats. You played yourself. Anyways, so long story short, I'm out on Detroit one. I'm not playing Larkin Kubelik Raymond here tonight. Like I, I I'm not that worried about the matchup coming in, but You know, their top two percentage is sitting at 1.7%, which I think goes to show just how much this isn't a very good line offensively, even though it's not a bad matchup. You went over Cop and Fabry. Like, I dropped their numbers in the Discord earlier today. Like, they're not even NHL caliber. They're AHL caliber. So, no, I'm out on that. Like, Robbie Fabry has nine shots in his last 10 games. I think I could do that playing 17 minutes a game in the NHL. Like, I don't know what's going on with this team. So you, you dip down to the third line, and then all of a sudden you're getting to, like, your Phillips Adinas and your Pia Suitors, and so I'm with you. Like, not much for me from Detroit. Like, yeah, if you want a one-off of Peron, one-off Dylan Larkin, those things are always fine. I'm not full stacking. The only thing I would consider full st- stacking on the other side is that McCann... Line because they could see a fair bit of Dylan Nark line here tonight. And like Raymond's like surprised, he's dragging their defensive numbers straight to hell with him. So I think that could be a fine matchup for Seattle. One, their offensive numbers have been dipping a little bit of late, but they do have two out of three guys on the top power play unit. We just watched Ottawa torch this Red Wings power play like you know, two nights in a row or penalty kill two nights in a row. So you know, I don't mind uh, you know, a McCann veneers. Um uh, Beneers, Eberle, something like that, a two-man stack. But I don't know if I'm full three-man stacking either.
2: Yeah, like that that line just hasn't been generating. If they've been shooting the puck, like I'd be more – like I, I'm fine with the two-man of like McCann Eberle. Like Eberle is a good play driver. I think he can take advantage of this line. McCann's been shooting the puck. Like Beneers, he's a rookie and maybe he wins the Calder. But like he he goes through these like long dry spells, which you expect from a rookie. You know you can't expect a rookie to have like a you know a point per game season on the top line. Uh, he's having a very good season, but he's kind of stuck in one of those lulls. This is a good matchup, he might come out of it. But like if if you are, I think McCann Eberle or just even one off one of those guys, like a James McCann or an Eberle, Tolvin and Bjorkshire. Like I, I just have no desire to full stack Seattle and pick wrong again.
3: Yeah, I mean, but here's and here's the thing that I want to mention about our top stacks tool is that the top that that McCann line is what fourteen seven, yeah, I think I fourteen four. Yeah, With fourteen thousand four hundred. I'll bring up top stacks real quick. That Detroit line that we just talked about was fourteen k. They're they both had the same top two probability one point seven percent. The Detroit line's coming in with twice as much ownership. Still low, but twice as much ownership. So that's kind of why I would play Seattle. Is like, I think that's the one percent line that where you can two man stack and uh, it could be really beneficial. But yeah, like, I'm not super gung ho about playing them. I haven't made my lineup yet, but like, they're not at the top of my priority list. But I don't think it's that bad of a matchup. I think the lineups and the matchups are fine.
2: I just wish they had a better power play unit because if they did, I'd be way more interested. Their power plays have just just absolute trash.
3: Yeah. it's a good point. Yeah.
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to healthy connections, Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com/renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then
1: Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes
2: Ch-ch-chumba.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Nashville Predators with a 2.9 total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a 3.9 total. Kevin Lankinen is confirmed. Sergey Bobrovsky is probable. Uh, Predators traded Mikhail Granlin for a second-round pick. Great for Nashville. Um, gives someone a chance to get into the lineup who's probably better than Granlin. Like, it's not hyperbole to say that Granlund is one of the worst forwards in the NHL. He's still in the NHL, obviously. He's just – he has name value. I
3: mean, I, one thing I wonder is about miscasting him, right? It's kind of like that Tyler Bozak problem back in in Toronto. It was like Tyler Bozak playing 20 minutes a night on the top line for the Maple Leafs. That was a very bad idea. Tyler Bozak playing 13 or 14 minutes as a third line center slash winger for the Blues. That was fine. So, like, maybe Granlin could be fine in a third line role playing 13 or 14 minutes a night. I don't know, man. That Pittsburgh bottom six has been terrible all season. I wouldn't want to bank on them turning around a season.
2: Carter Gremlin, baby. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, I think he can be useful in a better role. I don't think Jeff Carter's going to help him make him useful. But, I mean, I guess we're going to find out over the next 20 games.
2: Yeah. I don't have too much interest in Nashville tonight. I have no interest in
3: Nashville. Like, we don't even have yeah, to talk no. about them. Yeah. We don't. We, I don't think we have to talk about Nashville again unless we get, talk about Yossi or Saros. Yeah.
2: Yeah, until Forsberg comes back, they're just,
3: no. No.
2: Florida, on the other hand, is an interesting predicament because uh, Barkov and Sam Bennett are out tonight. Lundell is centering the top line with Kachuk and Reinhardt, which ostensibly is probably going to be still a pretty good line because anyone Kachuk plays with ends up being a good line. Like Lundell, he started the year as the third-line center, didn't have a great start, moved to wing. I think he's fine as a center. The matchup is fine. The problem here is the ownership on this top line. It's coming in over 25%. It is a 10-game slate. And then you move down to the second line. Like, Duclair is up to 4K now. He's coming in with double digits. I like Verhage, but Like, that line just feels expensive. If anything, maybe i power play stack here. But, like, that ownership. I Like, you look at Boston in a higher total. In just a good matchup, I'm, I mean, maybe it's not as good, but, like, that top line for Boston, yeah, they have minutes concerns. Coming in around 7 8%. Top line for the Panthers, with their top two centers out, 26%. So, I, I just don't know if I want to eat that ownership tonight.
3: Uh, that's a pretty good point. There is just really a lot of ownership on here. And, yes, like, Saros isn't starting for Nashville. It's Kevin Lankinen in that. But Kevin Lankinen's had a pretty good season. You know what I mean? Like, there is a drop-off from Soros to Lankanen, but that's just – I think that speaks more to how good Soros has been than Lankanen, right? And we've seen Lankanen be good before. Remember he had that good half season in Chicago like three or four years ago? Goalies can do that. So, like, I'm not the guy that's going to run out and be like, oh, UC Soros isn't starting. Just fire in any Florida Panthers you can find. Um, they released in the Ingram
2: to sign Lankinen.
3: P- Pardon me. They released Ingram
2: so they could sign Lankinen.
3: Yeah, they, I mean Ingram, pretty good. Yeah, they they also put Ely Tolvin in on waivers and traded away Kevin Fiala for Michael Granlin. So,
2: well, I'm gonna go cry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, I think <laughs> the point about power play stacking is a pretty good one because I think we talked about this on Tuesday when Florida played. But with the double defenseman on the power play, there's a lot of different things you can do with the stacking. You can do straight five-man stack and go, you know, Montour Ekblad on the blue line. You can just do a top-line stack and add Gustav Forsling for some more five-on-five because Nashville's pretty bad at five-on-five too. Um, You know, you can do, you know, a Forsling Ekblad two-man if you want. Like, they don't even necessarily have to be on the same power play together because there could be enough goals here to support that. I think there are enough ways to mix and match your Florida's like a 20, 20, 20% Florida is not 20% Nashville. Like I want to make that abundantly clear. And it's not 20%, you know, Anaheim, if Anaheim was hosting, you know, Chicago or something, there's a difference. Florida is legitimately very, very good offensively. Um, The two, the problems I have is that obviously the second line won't generate near as much without Kachuk. Um, Eric Stahl's been getting like 17 minutes a game, moving up and down the lineup all over the place. So like maybe he even takes some time on the second line with Verhage. Um That's a little bit of a problem. I think I would really just focus on the three power play forwards here. Uh, you can add Lundell if you want. But I would probably just focus on the three power play forwards and the two defensemen because the three power play forwards, at least on DK, are all wingers. So people will have to do a double center stack or, you know, some one offs or something like that elsewhere. So I think I, I your point about the ownership is, is well taken, but I, I would delineate between, you know, tw- like I said, 20% Nashville at home and 20% Florida at home. You know what I mean? I think the power play guys are still certainly fine uh, to use here, both up front and on the blue line. And that's exactly where I would focus. You want to you use a, a, an even strength line and, and because they have a center instead. And, you know, use Lundell, um, use Luce Teranin, perfectly fine. But I think this is a great power play matchup, given that Nashville's, like, I, I think, like takes 12% more penalties than the league average, which is one of the worst marks. Um, you know, Florida draws a lot of power plays. It's just a really good power play spot, even without Barkov, even though even if the power plays worse without him, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, that was the point. Like I just I don't think I would full stack Florida one at twenty-six percent. You know what I mean? I'd no, leave I think off, add in Verhage, add in defenseman. Also, Nick makes a good point in chat. Nashville is without Ekholm. They traded him, obviously. He's he was one of their better penalty killers. Uh and you know, Barry may play, but he's not like he's not anything great defensively. So like their penalty kill takes another hit without Ekholm you know they have you know Haas's boy Fabro and they have Carrier but Eckholm was their best penalty killer defenseman probably so
3: yeah I'd mix- I mean not not just the um, penalty killer too right like defense easily defense. their best defensive defenseman at five on five as well
2: yeah and you know the, the point I was trying to make about the ownership with full stacking is you know Boston has a four total they're coming in their top line around 8% the Kings have almost a four total. They're not getting nearly as much ownership. I would just, you know, I don't know if I want to play a 26% Anton Lundell, who's not on the top power play in the spot. I'd go Kachuk, Reinhardt, Ekblad in a heartbeat. This is a great matchup. So, yeah, there's plenty of ways to get different with higher ownership. It's fine playing chalk. You can just, there's so many ways to get different.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: Let's move on to uh, my Rangers here. Ottawa Senators with a three total heading into Madison Square Garden. The Rangers have a 3.5 total. Cam Talbot probable. Yaroslav Halak is confirmed. Rangers played last night. They won in overtime. Now Patrick Kane joins the team. The Rangers still going with five defensemen tonight because they can't have an emergency call-up, and Lindgren is out. So getting another 20-plus minutes out of Ben Harper. And Braden Schneider tonight, um, they've got to be tired. Patty Kane slots in on the second line with Trochek and Panarin. That line is going to be a high event. That like The Rangers with these lines, they're just going to be a high event team. I hope the Rangers goalies have their seatbelts buckled. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, that being said, I don't know if Chikrin going to be playing tonight. He wasn't at morning skate. I don't know if he's going to fly. He hasn't played in weeks. So I don't know if he's even going to be in tonight if he makes New York on time. That being said, like, with Halak and Nat, Rangers have five defensemen for, like, the last three games. They played with four defensemen two games ago. Getting huge minutes. Penalty kill. Not – I mean, it's been good, but, like, they've got to be – I have interest in the Senators tonight. There's no ownership on them right now. I think, you know, that top line is fine. I think power play stacking is fine. The thing is, like, Rangers don't take a ton of penalties, but if they're so tired and, you know, these like Ben Harper is in the top four playing 20 minutes a night, like, you know, I have, I have interest in Ottawa on the Rangers side. You know, I would imagine Kane slots into the top power play taking Tara spot. It's just like, this team's gotta be gassed. Maybe they get up for this game and it's a good, it's a good power play matchup. So like, yeah, you can take bits and pieces of the power play, but like, I know people are going to play King because he's the shiny new toys playing with his old pal Panera, and they just need, you know, they're going to recreate their magic from 09 in Chicago or whatever. But, like, I, I think I have more interest in the Senators
3: here. Uh, Yeah. So the top line hasn't been good with Tarasenko there. Like, the, uh, there's just no way around it. 1.1 expected goals in 85 minutes with Zabanejad and Tarasenko together. Even though, yeah, Tarasenko had three points last night. They're still only scoring two point two goals for sixty minutes of five on five. Because Tarasenko didn't score his five on five goal with Zabinsky and Krider. Zabinsky was off the ice at the time, and no, his assist, one assist, and then the other assist or the other goal was in overtime. They're still not doing much at five on five. The fact they're getting run over at five on five, and we talked about you know the Rangers' recent tough schedule yesterday on the show and that is has certainly been a very real thing like they did have a run of a bunch of fairly good defensive teams in a row. Last night was the Philadelphia Flyers and they still got ran. So I I wouldn't get married to the line combinations but I don't know if they change in game 1, you know what I mean? I think they have to give it at least a few games to see where it goes, but uh, I am starting to get a little bit concerned that there will be line changes. As far as the second line goes, now what to expect with Patrick Kane? like if people aren't people obviously would probably know the name, but if you're not familiar exactly with his game, he is a dual threat guy. He's a guy that does like to shoot and is still a pretty good playmaker, even at his age. Like I wrote about this for season long fantasy hockey. The big problem, it seems was there the whole Chicago team sucks. Like I, it seems like that's the problem. (laughs) Like I don't mean to sound flippant when I say that, but if you look at Patrick Kane's production over the last three years, when he was skating with Alex, the in Chicago. And then when you look, when he was skating with anyone else, not named Alex, the it's night and day. So clearly there's still some juice there because the offensive numbers were still really, really good when the cat was around. Um, and now he goes to play with Panarin and Trocheck, who were pretty good offensively so far this season. So I think Panarin Trocheck, and Kane is going to be a pretty good offensive line. And I think, I would feel better about playing them than Sabanajad, Tarasenko, and Pryder. It's two things, though. One, it's a matter of how the power plays shake out because we don't know what the power play units are going to look like with Kane there. And two, is a matter of the ownership because I don't think – with Kane's first game being in New York against Ottawa, I don't think we'll have a super good grasp on what the ownership is going to look like. Like, we have it at 1% ownership right now. I have a real hard time believing, yeah, that line is going to – coming in at one to 2%. I would be pretty surprised if it's anywhere under 5%. Uh, in fact, I would imagine it probably gets closer to 10%. Um, this the, Now I do expect that line to be pretty good offensively. Like I said, cause you know, Kane and Panarin are both still kind of dual threats, Panarin less so, but still are in Trocek and finish. The problem is, is like, I think they're going to be really bad defensively. Cause it's not hyperbole to say like, we made fun of Michael Granlin for being a terrible defensive player. Patrick Kane is worse and it it might not seem possible, but it's true. And I I was trying to figure out what it might look like on that line. So I feel bad saying this. So I looked up the second line's numbers with Alexis Lafreniere on the the right wing. Um, 3.3 expected goals for 3.4 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's a lot of expected goals for both for and against. Um, so really, really high event at both ends of the ice. And I think that's what you're going to see from that line is that they're going to be pretty good offensively, but I also think they're going to allow a lot to defensively. So I don't mind that second line from Ottawa, that Debrinkat-Batherson-Pinto line. Now, I think you can leave Pinto off and just do a two-man cat batherson stack. Uh, maybe add Tim Stutzla, if you want, as a center. But, you know, specifically Debrinkat and Batherson, I think they're going to be in a pretty good matchup against that second line. For the Rangers, I think it's a good matchup for them. So Ottawa two for me. I mean Ottawa one, perfectly fine. Um, no, there's not, there's no real matchup or anything big concern that I would stay away from Ottawa one. I just think it's a better matchup for Ottawa two, and they're over four thousand dollars cheaper with very the similar similarly low ownership. So for me, it's both second lines in this game. But I think I might be on your side that I would kind of rather play the Ranger or the Ottawa second line here than the Ranger second line.
2: Yeah, I like I just I, I think I'm on that Ottawa side too. I just maybe I have some interest in some, you know, you can one off Panarin or you can full stack that line. I just have there's no way that line's coming in one two percent. The shiny new toy, Ottawa's not very good defensively. It could be Cam Talbot in that. Like it, it's just lining up for the Rangers to have more ownership than they need to, than they should have. I'll take my chances with the Rangers penalty kill, with them being gassed, with short players, with Halak and net. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Prize Picks, and you can get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum, which is a hundred and twenty dollar value and up to a $100 deposit match bonus with prize picks when you sign up and make a deposit. Uh, we have uh, – you click the link in the description below. I see people in our Discord were ragging, Jake, you know, are you going to post your prize picks so we can go two of six? <laughs> it's pretty funny, but it's also true. No, he's a actually been pretty good. Huh?
3: It is a good joke.
2: Yeah, it is, it is, it is funny. Jake doesn't take – the constructive criticism to no, he does. He's just you know he loves your Twitter interaction. Um, it's a daily prop based contest, obviously no sharks optimizers, mass entries. You can do a five player lineup. You can really do a six pack, and you can ten x your entry fees. You can you know go cross sports. You can go uh, you know NBA tonight with NHL this weekend. You have uh, UFC, and then we have the the with that you know the stochastic membership. There's a shot prop tool that you can use to ease and help with your prize picks. It helps you with betting, but if you're not in a legal state, you have the shot on goal props, handle scores, you know, the, all that with Stochastic members and operators. So, you know, a five pack, a six pack of picks and be on your way. And then you click in the description below, you get you know Stochastic Plus Platinum for free from, so you get access to this tool and you get a $100 deposit match bonus. So what you waiting for? Let's move on to the next one. Yo. Pittsburgh Penguins with a 2.9 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.6 total. Tristan Diari. Andre Vasilevsky. Yari's confirmed. Vasilevsky is probable. Did Korn get booted off the top power play already?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you no. know? He's still there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so Hagel's still on power play, too. Uh, So that top line is still fully correlated. There is not ownership on this game, and it's confusing me. (sighs) Specifically from the Tampa side, I'm not a huge believer in the Penguins defensively, not a huge believer in Tristan Yari. The Tampa hasn't been too high in the top stack percentages either. I kind of like the sorelli coast line. I guess minutes are a concern here. I just, you know, with the total, not too much ownership. What am, I, what am I missing here?
0: Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more.
1: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: I don't know what everybody else isn't seeing either because, okay, that Tampa top line, the problem with the Tampa top line basically for like two months now is like, they'll absolutely torch teams for like five or six days and then go cold for like two or three weeks and then torch teams for like five or six days and then go cold for like, but they're still generating a lot of offense the entire time. So, you know, DFS comes down to percentages and shooting percentages and save percentages regardless, but it seems even more extreme in their, in their case for whatever reason, but at least they are, there are, Peaks where there are valleys, you know, Dallas and Minnesota of late has just been a whole bunch of valleys. So, um, at least Tampa's still scoring every once in a while. Like in the month of February, they generated 3.8 expected goals for 60 minutes of five on five. That's like 50 percent higher than the league average. Problem was, is they shot four and a half percent, where the league average is nearly double that. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Um, you know, Hagel moving down to power play two kind of sucks, but like he wasn't super reliant on power play production this year. Anyway, like I was looking earlier, less than a quarter of his points have come on the power play. I don't really worry about it until we get like 30% plus. So like under 25%, it's not that big of a deal for me. Um, You know, it still is a little bit uh, of a deal because he is, you know, relatively expensive. He's 5,800. And you definitely do want a guy on the power play if you're paying 5,800, but they're generating a lot. They're going to go up against that Pittsburgh second line. Um, The Malkin line, which, you know, over the last few weeks, 3.1 expected goals against three and a half actual goals against the five on five. They're giving up a lot defensively. So I really do like Tampa one here. Doesn't seem like a lot of people are going to be in on them. I think if you want to save money and take off Hagel and put on Kalorn, like that's perfect, perfectly fine, because it's then it's just a power play stack. And Pittsburgh's penalty kill is like it's just atrocious. It's been really bad for a couple months now. So. Um, I really do like, you know, like a point Kucherov-Kalorn. You want to get super expensive, go point Kucherov-Stamkos or something like that. They taking advantage of low ownership on Tampa Bay here. And what is a pretty good power play matchup for them is uh, kind of the right uh, route to take here. So I really do like, I like Tampa one more. Tampa two, like they're starting to struggle offensively a little bit. And I think it might be Kalorn's fault. Like, I feel bad saying that, but you know, he's like 34 falling off for a few years now as it is anyway um so they you know where they haven't been generating a ton lately and the top line has like i'll go to the top line but i think the entire top six for tampa is just fine here um on the pittsburgh side it's the same thing like generating a lot the pittsburgh top line over the last three weeks 4.4 expected goals for per 60 minutes of five on five like i think that's like 60 percent higher than league average The Pittsburgh second line over the last three weeks, five expected goals for double the league average, um, but shooting under 8%. Um, Like these are the problems, right? It's like if they can actually convert on the good chances that they're getting, they'd be filling in the net, but they're not. So same thing I think here is I would probably avoid the Pittsburgh top line, actually, because that Sorelli line has really as much as they're struggling offensively, they're really tightening things down defensively. As Sorelli, you know, I think he's at like game 35 or something like that. Now he probably needed about 20 games to really get up to speed after such a long layoff because of his injury. So I think I like the Pittsburgh second line here. Like Zucker, Malkin and Rust have been generating a lot, you know, Tampa Bay's penalty kill has been bad, but they don't take a ton of penalties and Pittsburgh's power play has been really, really, you know, um, let's say underwhelming for um, a month or so now. So, You know, I think if you don't want a full stag Zucker, Malk, and Russ, that's fine. But I don't think they're in a bad matchup against Tampa 1. They've been generating a lot lately. They're not coming in with, you know, any ownership, 0.3%, despite, you know, 2% top two probability. I don't mind Pittsburgh 2 here. So Tampa 1 slash Tampa power play Pittsburgh 2 for me out of this game.
2: Yeah, I like this game a lot more than I like the Rangers-Senators game, that's for sure. Let's move on to the next one. Dallas Stars with a 3.6 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.5 total. Stars played last night with Ottinger. I think it could be the Stars, Matt Murray, starting tonight. Uh, Peter Morazic is confirmed. (sighs) Here we are with Dallas one again. Pavelski has been bad. Mason Marchment has been bad on the third line. I, I, this is, like, if if they're going to get back on track, this is the matchup? I so. mean, we,
3: we just saw the Anaheim Ducks speedbag Chicago, right? So, <laughs> theoretically, yes, Dallas should speedbag Chicago here. I've been playing DFS long enough to know how this goes when the Dallas Stars are in an absolutely complete smash spot, and they don't.
2: Uh, At least they're not chopped tonight.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Um, I'm not even going to talk about Chicago. Like, if you want to one off Max Domi or something, like, go ahead. But like, Dallas's penalty kill is elite, and one of the very few things Chicago has been able to do this year is um, have a decent power play. Forget it. So on the Dallas side, in the month of February. 3.4 expected goals for, like, that's really good. Um, but shooting 6.8% is the problem like Pittsburgh and, and, and Tampa Bay that we just talked about. They're just not converting. Um, to your point about Joe Pavelski and Mason Marchment, I tweeted about this earlier today. Over Pavelski's last 17 games and Marchment's last 16 games, so 33 games combined between them, zero goals, 11 assists, and under two shots per game, they're just not doing anything and it's not like they're getting snake bit or something like they are getting snake bit to an extent you'd expect a couple goals from them in that span but nothing that would really make them notable for dfs and that's kind of the problem here is that those two guys are just complete black holes offensively and have been for you know a month and a half now and that takes two out of the three lines basically out of play if you don't want to use them right so i think the dallas top line is perfectly acceptable to use here um like i said they have been generating it is ostensibly a good power play spot but the chicago penalty kill i was looking their last 20 games basically top five in the league i don't know why and they traded jack johnson who had been one of their worst penalty killers so maybe uh, there's something to it
2: caleb jones baby
3: but you know could be just be a small sample thing but here, like they're coming in with a lot of good leverage, and that's perfectly fine. And I'm not going to begrudge anybody playing Dallas one tonight, but they're right there with Tampa, right? In price, and much low, and Tampa's coming in with much lower ownership because they're not playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, I think I'd rather play take the chance and just go play Tampa, right? So, that's kind of my problem with Dallas here tonight. Is I think there are other lines at that price range, like, I would rather go play Tampa, I would rather play you know, probably the Ottawa top line, I would rather play, you know, certainly Boston and they're coming in basically with the same ownership as Boston. So where there are other spots, I would rather play. I'm not personally in on Dallas. Obviously it's a great spot for them, but I I think there are reasons not to play them. And then, you know, you move down the lineup Sagan, DeLandria, Mason Marchman, two and a half expected goals for two actual goals. Like they're not generating a whole lot. Um, then you get to the next line with the Donoff and Ben and those guys. Um, they're coming in with reasonable ownership. So if you want a two man like Ben, I think Ben Johnston, Ben to Donoff, something like that is where I would go on the Dallas side here. I wouldn't go with the big guns.
2: Yeah, I've been leaning towards, you know, Uh, I'm a big Wyatt Johnson guy just because that name is just that's such a Texas name you know what I mean Like he he couldn't be playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets it had to be the Dallas Stars Wyatt anyway yeah if you want to play Dallas 1 here tonight it's fine it's just like we've seen this story before but again it is DFS anything can happen one night so yeah Let's talk about the, the, the Maple Leafs here. Tough uh, tough 20 hours for those Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs with a 3.2 total heading into Calgary. Uh, the Flames have a 3.4 total. Joseph Woll, Jacob Markstrom confirmed. Did Ryan O'Reilly get moved down to the third line last night? Yeah. Yeah. They traded their best third liner. Now they need Ryan O'Reilly to go down there to help.
3: Yeah. I love this team. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, you know where that third liner is playing now? He's playing with Bo Horvat. Maybe should have traded. <laughs> anyway, this is a brutal matchup. Oh my god, this is a brutal matchup for the Leafs. The only thing, the only thing is, Jacob Markstrom's in that, who's had a god awful season. Like last year, he was probably a top five goaltender in the league. This year, can't stop a nosebleed. So, like, yeah, maybe you go back to Matthews here because he's 2%. Like, anytime Matthews is, like, 10% or under, it's it's worrisome. But, like, his minutes are down. He played 17 minutes the other night, 17, 18. He hasn't been shooting the pocket bunch. Him and Marner and Bunting historically have very good numbers together. But they're going to get that coleman back on mangiopani matchup, which is basically the new Joel Erickson neckline, that line just shuts everything down. So then you're going to Tavares, Nylander, O'Reilly and O'Reilly had to move down to the third line because surprise, surprise, Alex Kerfoot couldn't do crap. So then this isn't a good power play matchup either. Calgary has a good penalty kill. So 3.2 total kind of out on the Leafs here. I'm on the flames. I like them. They're not getting too much ownership. You know, that, that Coleman back on Maggi Pani line. The the Huberto Peltier Cadre line getting about seven eight percent, which is a little bit more than I want, but their their price is very very good. They got two guys in the top power play. Peltier has looked pretty good. If you want to go down to toffoli Lindholm Dubai, like against that Leafs third line? They had a twelve and a half percent expected goals for last night against the Oilers bottom six. <laughs> so like if you want, if there's a time to go to Lindholm toffoli Dubay. It's not.
3: <laughs> I love this team so much. <sighs> uh yeah. Um, yes. Not much ownership on Austin Matthews, so perfectly fine to use him tonight as a leverage play, but I you're you're banking on them scoring extremely efficiently because as you outlined, that Calgary third line, the shutdown line with Backlund, Coleman, Mongipani. Like, it's not just us saying it. You just look at the numbers. Their last 120 minutes together, 1.5 expected goals against per 60 minutes, one actual goals against. That line this year, that Flames line, has allowed five goals in 315 minutes of five-on-five ice time. That's If you want to break that down to about 13 minutes a game, that's roughly one goal every 22 or 23 games that they're allowing. That's the matchup that the Matthews line is going into tonight. So, yeah, you know, the Matthews line could generate six shots and score four goals on Jacob Markstrom easily. Like, that's just how bad Markstrom has been this year. And that's the reason why I would play Toronto's because they're not going to have any ownership. And the goaltending for Calgary has been absolutely horrific. But it is a really bad five-on-five matchup. And it's not even a good power play matchup because the Calgary penalty kill has generally been great Unless, Other than when their goalies have floundered. It's a pretty bad matchup for that top line. So I'm out on Toronto one. Like I said, if you want to play them at low ownership against a bad goalie. Now that I say that out loud, I'm like, huh, maybe I should play them. <laughs> but at low, awesome. on, yeah, yeah, low ownership against a bad goalie. They're fine to play. I just think it's a terrible matchup otherwise. Um, the Toronto second line is interesting because they move... They only moved Ryan O'Reilly to the third line in the third period of that game. Again, they did so because they traded away their best bottom six player for a third-round draft pick, intentionally. And if they move Kelly Yarnkroc up to that second line, like Yarnkroc and Nylander have actually played pretty well together this year. Don't forget, when Yarnkroc was playing with Tavares earlier this season, like a couple months ago, or a month ago even, it was Nylander that – it was um, Marner that was there. Sorry, it wasn't Nylander. And Yarncroft and Nylander have actually played a fair bit on the third line this year, and they did really well with Pierre Engvall. 4.2 expected goals for, 2.7 actual goals for. Um, I think that Toronto's second line could be fairly good. And you still get two guys on the top power play unit. And you get to avoid the Backlund-Coleman-Mangepane matchup. And there's not much ownership on them anyway. So I think it's if anything from the Toronto side is Toronto too. Um, on the Calgary side, it's the top line to fully Dubé, in Holm, and it's because they're not going to get the Matthews matchup. They're going to get the second and third line matchups. Hopefully, it's a bunch of third line matchups. They won't, but hopefully, um, they're not coming in with a lot of ownership. Like the problem of them not generating a lot of quality is that they do generate a lot of quantity, and if they have a game where you know, they get a couple lucky bounces or something like that. They generate so much quality that they don't need 22 minutes of ice time to score like three goals or something like that. Right. So I don't mind Calgary one here um, to fully Lindholm, home Dubé a little bit more, like they're more expensive than the second line, but the the trade-off is less ownership. But um, I think it's Calgary one, Toronto two for me, but I, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm not super excited about the leaves here.
2: Yeah, me either. And like, yeah, maybe I'll get dragged on Twitter as a Leafs hater. It's just funny because, like, Leafs Twitter just gives me hope for the world every day. This is, like, the greatest thing ever. But, yeah, I, I do like that. Like like you said, Toffoli, Lindholm, Dubai is quantity over quality. But quantity is what you need for DFS. So, yeah. <clears throat> there are 130 of you in here. Please smash that like button. Uh, It helps us out. Not as much as you clicking the link in the description, though, and getting a four-week stochastic membership for 50% off, which is $29.98. Original price is around $60. It'll give you access to everything NHL that we have, projections, ownership, lineup builder, rankings, and our expert Discord, where we have a very lovely community. Lots of people willing to help more than uh, just Cliffy, Jake, and myself. There are a lot of sharp minds in there. More than willing, if you have questions, just ask. We will answer them. 50% off for a month. We'll take you into April. Obviously, it's the second May of March. You'll get into April. There's also a weekly option there. Uh, it'll get you to next Thursday's slate. There is the lineup builder where Cliffy is building a DraftKings lineup. Uh, we had some questions about building a FanDuel lineup. We won't get to that today just because we still have three games to get through. But on a shorter slate, we will most definitely build some Fandu lineups for you as well.
3: Yeah, I'm we'll thinking. See I'm, doing. Yeah, I'm just I started with Tampa one or Tampa power play. Sorry. I'm thinking I'm going to put in and He's going to face a ton of shots here tonight. So Lankinen, and a goalie defenseman. I'm just thinking about what the secondary stack's going to be so we can uh, we can carry on to the next game. I'm just going to keep it in the back of my mind.
2: Yeah. Cool for me. Let's move on to the next one. The Minnesota Wilds with a 3.3 3 total. Heading into Vancouver, the Canucks have a 2.7 total. Mark andre Fleury, Thatcher Demko confirmed. Thatcher Demko looked good until he didn't the other night. Um, first game back from a long injury. Maybe he's feeling a little bit better. Um, Marcus Foligno is out tonight. Uh, Jonas Brodine is in. I don't know if Marcus Johansson yep. or – is he, are they, is he in or out?
3: Yeah, he's in. He's in and he's on Boldy's line.
2: Wow. Going from Felino to Marcus Johansson, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. It is still a pig.
3: What <laughs> Even Avery um, crazy. Yeah.
2: Uh, we have a $5 super chat related to this game from our pal, Big Turk. Cliffy, thoughts on a one off Ronick as Vancouver pushes for the playoffs? <laughs>
3: Um, in Vancouver's in Vancouver's value bid to get to the postseason, I'm afraid I'd have to say I wouldn't be playing Philip Peronik tonight. Um, too much of his value in Detroit has come from the power play and he's not going to get that power play time in Vancouver. So um, a lot of his offensive value is about to dry up real quick. So no, but we are still cheering on for the Canucks to grab that second card spot. Come on, boys. I know you can do it.
2: Yeah. And... I don't understand what the what the Canucks are doing. With that Heronic trade, they're already over the cap for next year. They're going to trade Brock Besser for, like, I don't know, an Arby's gift card just to get cap compliant. Like, they don't want to retain salary, but no one's interested for good reason. But anyway, to this game here, this is a pretty good matchup for Minnesota. Now, line matching here is kind of important because Kuzmeiko, Bavillier, Pedersen have actually been okay defensively. The thing is, Demko's still back. You know, he had his first game back not too long ago. Their penalty kill is bad. That top line for Minnesota with Hartman there starting to pick it up. is, you know, he's having a great season. That second line with Eric Ek, Boldy without Felino, I know Marcus Johansson's there. It is an upgrade from Felino offensively. Is it? Albeit a minor one. Like, Felino just absolutely torpedoed the line. Like, at least Marcus Johansson knows how to shoot the puck. I don't know if Felino knows how to shoot the puck. Uh, maybe. But I think, if anything, it's going to be both top lines from this game. But line matching, very important for at least, you know, who the Canucks line is going to go into.
3: Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is that um, in their last home game, they did use the Pedersen line a fair bit. Um, against Boston one, when Boston was in town, so I suspect that that will be the matchup again here tonight. Is that Vancouver is going to go up against Minnesota's top line, and honestly, that's probably best for them. Yeah. Um, because that Erickson Eck Boldy line, like they have been pretty bad offensively, but they're still really good defensively, and the third line is still pretty good defensively. The top line isn't bad defensively or anything like that, but their league average and league average for Minnesota is bad. So it's not a terrible matchup for the Vancouver top line. You speak, spoke to how good they've been defensively. The offensive numbers are, are really standing out. Three and a half expected goals for 90 plus minutes together. Um, three and a half expected goals for, for 60 minutes in 90 plus minutes together. 4.7 actual goals for all on the top power play unit, all playing like 19 to 23 minutes over the last handful of games. Um, and here's the quirk is that Minnesota's penalty kill has generally been good this year, but over their last 20 games, the penalty kill save percentage is 945. I I was just looking earlier. The league median is about 870. Um, to... 945 would be, like, Igor Shesterkin at 5-on-5 five five last season. To do that for 20 games on the penalty kill, is screams regression at some point. And Vancouver has a pretty good power play. Like, very
2: power play reliant.
3: Right. So it seems like this might not be a terrible spot for, uh, Van- for Vancouver's power play to get right. Problem is, is, like, the ownership is kind of high. I thought it would be lower than 6-, than 6%. It's still fine to play. It's just a little bit high. Like, I'm not... That's It's the one thing that made me less excited about playing Vancouver. I think
2: I the Senators, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. On the other side, like I was making those faces about Fleno and Johansson because I think Johansson's just bad. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, he is, but yeah. Um, the last three seasons, he's in the fifth, fifth percentile for points per minute at five on five. As in... 95 percent of NHL Fords produce better than him over the last three years is he better than Felino I don't know I don't think so and that's yeah and if if it's even a toss-up then it's not an improvement right so like I'm not super excited about that Minnesota second line like they're fine to play honestly I I think I would rather just go play the top line. I know they're like $6,000 more expensive or whatever, so it's a completely different stack. But I would rather have the best player playing with two other good players that will play a ton of minutes regardless of what the 5-on-5 matchups because Vancouver's penalty kill is just that bad. So both top lines for me in this game.
2: Yeah. I kind of agree there. I'll – yeah, we'll have to wait and see on Marcus Hansen. Maybe Gustav Nyquist comes back and plays there. Another, another brilliant trade there by the the Wild. Let's move on to the Montreal Canadiens with a 2.6 total heading into Los Angeles. The Kings have a 3.9 total. Jake Allen, Phoenix Copley confirmed. Vladislav Gavrikov is going to play tonight, they said. They're giving uh, Junis Korpisal a couple more days to get acclimated. 3.9 total here for the Kings. Not a lot of ownership here, not as much as I expected for a late hammer. I like. I, I guess the power play units are a bit wonky, but like, Kopitar is coming off a four goal game, which is you know you are not going to expect Kopitar to score four four goals every game, but he's fifty nine hundred top power play in a good power play spot. He's coming in projected at five percent. The second line of Deneau, Arvidsson, Fiala has more ownership, like they're in the double digits. And I think that's fine. Like that line is very good. So yeah, like, but like, if that line's going to be double digits and Kopitar and Kempe are going to be five, 6%, I think it comes up. But if they're around that, I, I, I like, I don't see why I won't play Kings one here.
3: Yeah. I, I, I was looking at Kings one myself for um, a stack here tonight, because I mean, two reasons. One, they're playing fairly well. Like, just in the month of February, 2.6 expected goals for two against. Like, they're really shutting down the opposition. Not generating a ton. Um, But 4.3 goals, like, they're sh- uh, shooting 13%. But even if you cut that off by, like, a quarter, they're still scoring well over three goals for 60 minutes. Like, I'm not that worried about their generation. Um, And they're going to get the second-line matchup. Like, whatever you, we might think of Suzuki and Hoffman, like, Suzuki and Hoffman do have passable defensive numbers together this year, especially considering the team that they're playing for. But Anderson and Joanne have just been getting filled in almost game after game defensively Four expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five with those two on the ice. Only 41% of the shot share. So Kings top line getting that matchup. I think it's LA one that I like in this matchup pretty easily. And they're like, generally speaking, one of my favorite stacks on this slate One problem with the Kings' top line for a long time was a bad power play. Like, their top power play unit with Kopitar and Kempe and those guys was really, really bad. Since December 1st, they're over 10 goals per 60 minutes while on the power play, which is not super elite, but definitely way above average, like considerably above average, like a full standard deviation. So, Kings' one for me, nothing on the Montreal side besides one-offs. One-off Hoffman, one-off Anderson, those guys. That's not... No, I'm I'm passing on the hats.
2: Yeah, I agree. There we have a five dollar super chat from Glenn Smith, five dollar Canadian. Uh, not sure how that, not how the Canadian dollar is doing against American dollar. I don't know nickel and diamond here, but no, I'm just kidding with you. Uh good cheap filler line tonight. Um, how cheap you looking? There are a couple here tonight, even one in the next game. Uh, but who you liking is the cheap filler.
3: I mean, it, yeah, like you said, it depends how cheap you want to go. I don't really hate the Calgary Backland line. Um, they're about 12K, coming a little bit over-owned, but I think they're fine. Um, the Jamie Ben line from Dallas as well, we talked about that line being fairly low-owned. Um, don't mind them um, for a super cheap uh, filler stack either. Um, that's basically about it that I really like. Everything else is just coming in way too high-owned, so I'll say um, – Yeah, definitely, definitely the Dallas depth, Calgary three, I think is perfectly fine. Um, I think Seattle is perfectly fine as well. Like that Schwartz, uh, no, not Schwartz, sorry. The Tolvin and Gord, uh, two men, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, That's, you know, something like that is where I would go. Seattle, Dallas, um, Dallas two, like the Ben line. Um, That's basically where I am. There's not a whole lot I like for super cheap fillers.
2: Ownership agnostic, I do like the Bucinevich-Thomas-Captain line, but they're coming in way over-owned. And let's let's talk about that game. Uh, St. Louis Blues, the 3.1 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 3.3 total somehow. Uh, Tomas Grice, maybe that's how. And James Reimer are confirmed. The Sharks traded Michael Essimont for uh, Vladislav Nemestikov yesterday. Nemestikov not going to be with the team. Um... Nick Bonino moves up to the top line with Kator and Barabanov. Second line of Hurdle, Zetterland, and Andreas Janssen. Also, don't mind them as a filler, but they're also coming in over owned. Ownership agnostic. It's the it's the Thomas line and the Hurdle zetterland line. I just I like. I guess they're fine because they're playing each other, but like, I I don't want to play double digit Sharks or Blues tonight. Really,
3: yeah, I'm not. I'm out on the hurdle line. Actually, I'm in more on Couture, Benino, and Barrett Banoff. The only reason being they're perfectly correlated on the power play. Um, you know, not a great power play matchup because St. Louis doesn't take a lot of penalties, and the penalty kill has actually been getting better basically since, like, you know, early December. Um, but they are perfectly correlated on the power play, and it's 13,100. And they're, you know, Couture is going to play, like, 18, 19 minutes. Bear Banoff's going to play, like, 18 minutes. So... You know, fully correlated top line, thirteen thousand one hundred at home with a three point three total. That's where I'm going Um on the St. Louis side. <laughs> this is a disaster. It's a complete disaster. There's nothing i there's there's nothing I want to play, and I can't believe that because it's the San Jose Sharks. But like Sad and Shen or sorry, Kairu and Shen have played 300 minutes together this year. 2.1 expected goals for 2.7 actual goals. 2.7 actual goals for is like 7% better than league average. It's like it's basically nothing. St. Louis second line, at least they're scoring 3.2 goals for per 60 minutes, Thomas Buchnevich. So it'd be Thomas Buchnevich and Kapanen, but they're coming in with a ton of ownership. Um, so if you want to just do Buchnevich and Thomas, I think that's fine. You can three-man stack. But it is the Bucinavich-Thomas-Kapanen line I like the best. But I think the line I like the best in this game is couture and benino
2: Yeah, that lay hammer is just an absolute festival, as I like to say. It's like, I guess they're fine. It's just like ownership like, uh, just chills the bones. Coming up after us, the odd shop. The Odds Shop with A10 and Lafayette at 4 p.m. on the odd Shopper channel to go over the best bets tonight. Using the premium odd Shopper tools. Let's talk about those fellows who live behind the blue line. Maybe we'll actually get a Predators shout-out for the blue liner here. There will actually maybe be a couple playable Predators defensemen tonight. Who are you liking?
3: Um, I'll start with the expensive guys. The top of the list for me are Sergachev, Montour, Montour, um, and Eric Carlson. Now, if you go want to play 9,200 Roman Yossi, I have no problem doing that because the, the offense is going to have to run through him now. Not that it didn't before, but it really is going to have to go through him now. Um, I'm just... Paying 9,200 for a defenseman feels super expensive. Um, so for me, it'd be probably Carlson, Montour, Sergachev. For the mid-price guys, there aren't a ton that I'm in love with. I like Gustav Forsling. Um, you know, Jake Wallman, I'll play him almost any any night. Like, I would die for Jake Wallman. I, I kind of mean that. <laughs> Noah Hannafin, um, as well. Um, Drew Doughty, if you want to take advantage of a bad Montreal penalty kill, but I don't feel like he's he's not at the top of my list for the mid price range. Let's put it that way. Um, if you want to go super cheap, uh, Matias Samuelson with no Rasmus Dahlin for Buffalo, um, you know owen power is going to play a lot for them but i think i'd rather just save a little bit of money on samuelson uh, alex Carrier is probably going to play around 19 minutes for nashville on the blue line olimata um with detroit trading Philip Ronick, they're going to have to give somebody more minutes and i'm very much hoping it's not ben charade so olimata for cheap um <laughs> You know, Brayden Schneider from the Rangers. The Rangers are only playing five defensemen here tonight. So I think like every single Rangers defenseman is in play one, one way or another. Yeah. Um, and I'll mention uh, Chris Tanna from Calgary and uh, Kalen Addison from Minnesota if you want to take advantage of a really bad Vancouver penalty kill.
2: Yep. That about sums it up there. <sighs> Goalie is an interesting question here tonight. There's not one that really is like, yep, I'm going to play this guy tonight. So, who you like? I mean, I think we like a couple of the same guys, but who you like in here?
3: Yeah. I mean, I had Sorrow's circle because of the shot volume thing. Um, Kevin, I think Kevin Lankin is still fine to play. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, Same thing with Jake Allen. I mean, we just saw him have a pretty good game. If he plays tonight for Montreal, I mean, it doesn't matter for me who plays for Montreal going up against the Kings, Um, could be a good. High-volume matchup for Montreal and for Allen. Um, Andre Vasilevsky at home against Pittsburgh. We went through Pittsburgh scoring problem, like shooting percentage problems. And if those don't turn around, he could put up – he's the one 8K-plus goalie that I don't mind playing here tonight is Vasilevsky. And I also mentioned Halak. Um, I'm not sure why I was feeling Halak today, but – No, you know, Ottawa is another team that has had problems scoring, and Halak's actually been pretty good on the penalty kill this year, which has been Shusterkin's problem. So I don't mind Halak either.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to look for some spend up options here. And it's just like outside of Vasilevsky, like I I guess Marc Andre Fleury, uh, he's not even that expensive. Like Vasilevsky, obviously, 8,100. Halak is 8K. Wabrowski, AK, like those guys just don't inspire, like Swayman, 8,300. Like these guys just don't inspire confidence. So I think I'm spending down here on goalie tonight. And spending down is not great oh, either. Okay. So I don't know. Goalie's a fun one. I mean, goalie's always an absolute crapshoot. But tonight just feels extra <laughs> crappy and extra shooty. So <laughs> who you like as your hat trick pick?
3: Um, just talked about him uh very recently. And he had a hat-trick not that long ago, I think. Maybe a couple weeks. Hopefully he gets another one. Adrian Kempe from Los Angeles.
2: Nice. Going. I'm picking against my boys here tonight. Um, going Drake Batherson.
3: Ooh, you love the Drake. We love the Drake. We love the Drake. I mean, do we? I mean, I mm. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, maybe anyway. three goals here tonight.
2: Yeah. Anyway, he's either going to have, like, three goals or just, like, two shots and go on a block. That's usually how it happens with Jerry Patterson. But anyway, we will be back next week at some point, Monday or Tuesday. I haven't seen the schedule yet. Monday. Yeah, I barely know what day it is today. So um, make sure to click those links in the description. Smash that thumbs up on the way out if you have any questions. We'll see you in Discord tonight. Good luck, everybody.
3: Good luck tonight, everyone. Let's go win some money.
0: For whatever reason, there's always been a stigma around mental health in our communities. Some people say that talking about your feelings makes you weak. But you know what? It doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. No matter what you're struggling with, you can call or text 988-LIFELINE to connect with a trained crisis counselor and get the resources and support you need. No judgment, no stigma, just hope. Text or call 988-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE day or night. 988-HOPE-HAS-A-NEW-NUMBER.